0: When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? This reaction, how does this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? This reaction of Elizabeth is an incredibly beautiful reaction. Maybe one of the most beautiful reactions seen in sacred scripture of one person meeting another person. Why? Because it, could, because it could very well have been an ugly reaction. It could have very well been a hideous reaction, a reaction that you and I very often take whenever, we, whenever somebody else comes to us with good news about themselves. Mary, right here, is the mother of God. And it could have been so easy for Elizabeth to look upon Mary and said, Wow, why didn't God choose me? Why didn't God look at me and allow me to be conceived a virgin? Why did he make me last so long and make me conceive in a barren old age? Why didn't God look upon me with more appreciation? Why didn't God look upon me with favor? How come I am not the highly favored lady? What's wrong why is the Lord not looking upon me with mercy the same way he looked upon Mary? And that's the, that's the root cause. That's just jealousy. Jealousy that's very common between you, between me, between all of us. Jealousy that we look upon other people's fortunes, look upon other people's gifts, and we tend to, to seethe about these things. It's very, a very, very common reaction we can have. Especially, honestly, this time of year. How often we look around at people and we see these perfect Christmas cards of featuring families with that were that uh, featuring a family photo that was taken probably by a professional photographer, the perfect time of day, perfect time of year, with the perfect amount of photo editing. How often do we do we see these decorated houses that make us think of Winter Wonderland or Elf or the Whoville and the Grinch? Or how often do we see these big expensive Christmas gifts that make you wonder, man, what kind of Christmas bonus did this person get? Like how often do we look at these things and allow this kind of jealousy to come in and rot the Christmas spirit that you and I are seeking? Let's be honest, guys. This feeling ruins everything. And it's why our holiday get-togethers can be so easily pro- polluted and marred by petty gossip and argument that ultimately goes nowhere, that leaves us destitute, that leaves us sad, that leaves us almost dreading, beautiful, awesome holidays like Christmas and Easter. This gossip, this argument, this stuff can absolutely ruin our family. But why is this? I mean, we all know that jealousy is wrong. We all know we shouldn't keep score. We shouldn't be looking at people's other people's stuff and, and gawking over it. Why is it that we're so commonly attracted to this behavior? What's behind all this? And honestly, the answer comes from a great philosopher by the name of Rene Girard. He was he was a French philosopher, came over from France, and actually he's taught at Stanford for a long time. And what he pointed out was usually what's behind this. Jealousy, if you will, is a thing called mimetic desire. Mimetic, being root word, mime. So like the, the desire to mime someone else. And here's what he was getting at. He was basically saying that desire, a lot of the, this mimetic desire is triangular as opposed to linear. And what this means is we very often desire something, not, beca- not in a linear way, not because it's good in and of itself... Not because it's good for me, not because it's good for anybody else, not just because of it's intrinsically good, just by the fact that it's wonderful. Very often we desire something because somebody else desires it, because somebody else has that in mind, because somebody else wants that. If you want to see a perfect example of this, find a bunch of kids, get a whole sack of toys, and, or maybe actually not a bunch of kids, just get two kids. That'll be enough. I don't know if we can handle a whole bunch, but get two kids, get a whole sack of toys and pour it out on the floor. Watch them. These kids, these toddlers, especially their toddlers, well, they won't go for the different toys. Nine times out of 10, one kid will go and grab one toy and the other kid will go and cry, try and grab that toy out of his hands. Despite the fact there's nine, 10, 12 other toys right there. Is we have this kind of, this part of original sin is we have this desire to grab at something that people already have. This kind of competition, this kind of seething, this kind of, this kind of longing for something else that they have. Ignoring the fact that there's so many other toys and so many other gifts out there. And, I mean, the fact of the matter is, that I don't think this changes. I remember I was interning over at Lafayette General, this is probably about three or four years ago, as a seminarian. And, a, and the security officer, the head security officer, gave us a talk, and she laid out this whole principle very, very clearly. She said, what I've learned over the years as a security guard is that all adults are are children with bigger bodies. That's it. So instead of Tonka trucks and Legos and balls, what we tend to do is we tend to go after money, glory, fame, Social statuses, social symbols, cars, whatever, that make us look good because other people envy those things. We start to long and desire and go after things not because they're good in and of themselves, but simply because they make us look good. And that's whenever jealousy and gossip start setting in. The fact of the matter is, whenever we set our mind, whenever we set our hearts on these things... That, that allow these things that other people desire, just because other people desire them, a large amount of competition ensues. And it's almost like you're declaring war on your family, declaring war on your friends, because all of a sudden, they're your competition. They're your competitor. They're somebody that you've got to go against so that you can be number one, you can be on top, you can be the better son, the better daughter, the better whatever. And the, the reprieve... The kind of truce to the war that often happens whenever this, 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 this competition starts, starts stirring is gossip. Is gossip. Instead of, instead of going after each other, you suddenly decide, you know what? This isn't producing anything. Let's go after somebody else. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. We're enemies, but if we can be enemies with somebody else, then for a little while we can actually pretend to like each other. We can actually pretend to get along. Bishop Robert Barron explained this phenomenon perfectly. He said whenever he was in grad school, getting his master's degree, what he learned and what they used to say around the school is that the only time two academics could ever agree on anything was how bad the third academic's work was. That's it. There's no way that they could agree on stuff. So in order to kind of call a truce between their war, they went after somebody else. And that's all gossip is. Gossip is the the, the basically destri- the declaration of war to kind of scapegoat another person so that we can ultimately feel better better about ourselves. And the greatest victim, of course, of this gossip was Jesus Christ. But that's a homily for another day. The fact of the matter is, that this can permeate and ruin a family gathering. This can ruin whole families. This war, this competition, this this kind of going at each other's throats, and it can end up coming out against somebody else. We end up discussing the life of, of, of poor Aunt Sally, who's had three husbands, or the life of, this other, of our, you know, our brother, who has, a, who has a drug addiction, or this, or that, or that, to the point where we've actually shredded our family to pieces, and we find ourselves totally and utterly alone. That's what happens whenever we let this triangular desire get the best of us. Instead of letting go of that and having a linear desire to life, we end up fighting each other out and end up finding ourselves alone. So what do we do to solve this? What do we do to avoid this entire catastrophe that can set in and ruin a whole family gathering, that can even ruin everybody's lives? And the answer is, look to the visitation. Look to today's gospel. Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, did something that no other person in the scriptures did, and that was, was she saw Mary for who she really was. She looked at Mary and said, you are the mother of my Lord. Guys, it took the church four centuries. That's 400 years to actually recognize that reality, to actually be able to call Mary the mother of God. Elizabeth saw that right there. But the only way she was able to see that was because she wasn't, didn't have jealousy in her heart. She wasn't looking out for number one. She wasn't trying to go out and and be better than Mary. She wasn't in competition. She was just happy. She was just joyful. Because doggone it, it's amazing to see somebody else bring some good news to you. And that's what we're called to do this Christmas season. We're called to see things, and we're called to see people for who they really are. And if we can do that, all of a sudden, those pretty Christmas cards that that we get from other people are just that. Pretty Christmas cards. They're awesome. Those beautiful decorations that our neighbor has is just that. Some beautiful decorations that we can actually enjoy. That we can actually appreciate. Those expensive gifts that our friends give us. Well, some of our friends give us. They're great. Why? Because even if you don't use them, you can sell them later. It's perfect. (laughs) Not actually advocating that, but you could if you wanted to. Don't, Don't suggest it, but or you can give it to somebody else. Whatever. My point being is we start to, whenever we start to see things for what they really are, suddenly our life has becomes a lot more peaceful. Suddenly our life becomes a lot more joyful. Because whenever we, whenever we look at things through the eyes of other people, we don't actually look at the thing itself. We're just looking at the competition. We're just looking at the war. We're looking at something that's not actually there. But if we can start adopting the spirit of the visitation, if we're going to start really appreciating our family for who they are, as, as kindred to one another, as members of our family, not just by blood, but by in Christ, then I truly believe that our conversations, our family gatherings, and just our lives will change completely. And the words that will be on our mouths will not be gossip anymore, but praise. And in our hearts will be sadness, but joy. And deep down within, we're going to have the very thing that you and I have been longing for for the past four weeks. The very thing that we've been starving for. The very thing that we've been lighting Advent candles for. And that is, my dear friends, the Christmas spirit. Amen.